Well, welcome everyone, and thanks for joining us today for our next episode of Mixed Messages with Jeff Bogue. My name is Joe Caruso. I'll be your host as we dig into today's topic. It seems like from news sources to comedians, from friends to advertisements, it seems everyone has an idea of how we should think, live, and make decisions. And when even those experts sound convincing, but they disagree, how do we cut through that noise? Well, when information overload leaves us frustrated, how do we sift through it all and choose how to govern our lives? Well, our leadership at Grace has been processing and praying about all this, and we want to offer a resource to navigate some of today's most pressing topics and questions. Jeff, how are we doing today, buddy? Hanging in there. <laughs> Hanging in there. Hey, we got a question um, that was submitted about, um, it's kind of a good and evil question, and um, in some ways, this was kind of... I wonder what they're, they actually didn't put the context in as to why they were asking this question, Mm -hmm. but I wonder if it did have to do with kind of the political season we were in, Jeff, and this is going to be a fun one. The general question is, is there evil, like an actual force of evil at work? And if so, where does that come from? And it's not Michigan. We'll just get that joke uh, out of the way. I was going to say that. I was going to say there is. It's a Wolverine. It's yellow and blue. I couldn't help it. That's how well I slash we know you, Jeff. We knew you were going to go there. Um, yeah, there's absolutely uh, a force of evil, Prince of Power of the Air. Satan is very much at work in the world, his schemes. Uh, so I think a few weeks ago in uh, in a weekend sermon, I, I defined his schemes or any any thoughts or philosophies that are not defined and directed by Jesus. So Satan is a schemer, um, and his presence is very, very active in in the world. Now, I don't think that looks like your average horror movie, sure, right? Yep. So a lot of times we think that. It, it looks a lot more like godlessness, and it looks like um, thought processes that would directly defy what is – uh, evident and logical in Scripture. Uh, I'll give you an example of this, and, and it's it's like the example I'm going to give is controversial, which tells you it's a scheme of the devil because there's actually nothing controversial about it, right? So abortion. Huh. So abortion, the fact that that has become a controversial thing like, should we let a baby live or let a baby die? The fact that abortion now is, they call it dismemberment abortion, like up, uh, we used to call it partial birth. Um, this last year, uh, the governor of Virginia even advocated that once a child is born, there should be an allotted time where the mother decides whether to keep the baby or not, po- post-birth. So, like... That is a real and uh, intellectually driven conversation in our culture. It is so anti-scriptural and anti-the heart of God. So what is, what is Satan? Satan's always going to be anti-whatever God is. The fact that that is logical, that is accepted, that is funded, uh, that you even have religious leaders that would be saying no abortion is a good thing that is in my view an example of a scheme of the devil so is it the devil showing up like in a horror movie and doing something to a child no 
but is the prince of the power of the air, is he affecting the way that people think? And there is God and godliness so removed from that conversation that that just makes sense and is logical, Mm -hmm. right? Now, that's kind of an extreme one um, that we would all agree with, where your average Christian would get ouchy is if we said, well, let's talk about materialism, Mm -hmm. which is also a scheme of the devil, like, if I fill my life with stuff, I will fill my soul with with joy and happiness and peace, right? So anything that's anti-God, now is that scheme alive? You mentioned politics. Is that like alive and active in our governmental systems? Well, sure, because our governmental system is mostly devoid of God, right? So most of our governmental leaders are not trying to honor and serve and do ambassador work for Jesus Christ. Um, some of them probably are, but as a system, uh-huh. we can we can say, well, this country was founded on biblical principles. I'm like, mm, slavery. I mean, right. like, women had no rights. I mean, the women had the vote for like a hundred years. Yeah, I'm like, eh, careful. That there was some religiosity, there was some God principles like inalienable rights and and all men are created equal, but systematically was that played out? Uh-huh. And I'm like, no. So it's, it's not that you're going to drink pea soup and your head's going to spin around and you're going to, you know, say Beelzebub under your breath <laughs> kind of thing. It's more the, uh, uh, another one that should not be controversial would be like pornography. Uh-huh. Right, like th- that is normal. We as a culture, the average boy sees his first pornographic image by the age of nine. So, as a culture, because we allow that, so the government's not putting it out of business. We sexually abuse our own children. Uh-huh. Right. Well, whose plan is that's not God's plan. Whose scheme? With, and out of that abuse is where you get into all the sexual identity issues. You get in there's so much that happens in a, in a person's life, in a child's life when they're sexually abused, mm-hmm. right? So to look and say, well, that was that's God's plan. I'm like, well, well you got to be kidding me. Mm-hmm. So right. where where does that become culturally acceptable? So behind all of that is the schemes of the devil. Behind all of that is a lost and fallen and broken world. Behind all of that is an enemy of God and an enemy of God's people. Mm-hmm. That's driving that stuff forward, absolutely. And it, it sounds like so much of it is distortion because it, it, what you've described so far is it's not uh, convincing a, a human person to say, hey, God's over here. Why don't you go 180 degrees the opposite right. way? Yeah. He just masks it to where it seems like it's a good thing, and then you end up completely off the beaten path. And so it actually... Uh, for me, it reminds me of the very first uh, time we see Satan interact in the Bible, where he doesn't look at Adam and Eve or Eve and say, hey, you should disobey God and just eat this fruit anyway. Mm-hmm. He puts this little thing, don't you Don't you want to know what it's like to be God? Don't you, did he really say, like he, he just distorts it. Yeah. And you start to get confused and it does start to sound like a good thing and gosh, I guess logically that makes sense. Like that's what I hear you saying, Jeff. It's like it's just this little bit of a twist. Yeah, it and it and it and there is 
I I agree with you. Like I think the most destructive schemes of the devil are ones that are wrapped up with and Jesus's name is attached to them. So like Mormonism, mm-hmm. Mormonism is an absolute deviation from the truth of Scripture. Uh, they literally have their own book of the Bible that they follow, the Book of Mormon. They present well. Their families are strong. There's so much good stuff in them, but they are absolutely off base. And the more you study them and the more you get behind why they do what they do, you see how much off base they are. Uh, I would look at prosperity gospel stuff the same way. That that little shift that God exists for me, I don't exist for God. Uh-huh. That, that the point of God is to help my life to go well. The point of my life, as opposed to the point of my life, is to bring honor and glory to Christ, right? So the, those shifts, they're schemes, they're deceits, they're lies. That One of the names of Satan is he's the father of lies, right? That lying is, the Bible says, is his native tongue. Yep. It's what he speaks the most naturally. And, uh, and it pulls us away from, from the true gospel. Absolutely. It's um, the, the whole the title Satan means the adversary. And mm-hmm. so what he's trying to do is pull apart everything that God has tried to, well, that he did build up, and then his work of redemption for all of us. And so as he lies to us and tries to get us to understand things incorrectly, he's trying to shift the balance. Do we worship ourselves? Do we worship um, uh, you know, the, the political entities? Do we worship uh, celebrities? Do we worship our own body? and our physical fitness? Um, do we worship food? You know, do we worship sex? Like he's just trying to get us to find something that could be a good tool, but then shift your allegiance and start to destroy. Yeah, and, and, and when you look at those things, like Satan will take what is good or true and twist it. So like sex is an example. Sex is good and it's true, but it gets twisted, right? Uh, you mentioned food. Food's the same way, like, you know that we're uh, every good thing is from God. So, like good food is meant to be enjoyed, plus sustaining our body. Well, becoming an addicted, uh, uh, you know, addicted to that. Um, I, one of the things I always think of with that as an illustration is like prescription drugs. You know, like I am really, really grateful that I live in a time in history where if I feel bad, I can take a pill uh-huh. and it will make me feel better. Like, I like that a lot. <laughs> you <laughs> know, like, I, I don't like to feel bad. But then those very things become abused and they what is good winds up controlling us and ruining us. I, this, uh, I, I'm going, in a sermon recently, I said an idol an idol is usually when something good becomes a god. Mm-hmm. And that is typical Satan playbook. Yep. Something good becomes a god. And and that now thing or belief or action is driving my life and owning me and ruling my life as opposed to Christ himself. Mm-hmm. I think <clears throat> when we start to really look into how the the Bible uh, describes this, uh, the evil one, the Satan, how he looks at this. Like, we start to see, I, I don't think the Bible, I don't think God puts this these descriptors of Satan into the Bible just to give us a, a picture of the enemy. I think 
he puts this stuff into the Bible so that we get a picture of the way that his schemes play out among us. Yeah. And so when uh, the Bible would describe, I wrote a few of these downs for our conversation today, Jeff. Uh, you know, the, the Bible would describe the devil as the slanderer, you know, mm-hmm. just putting people down, uh, the accusers we mentioned before, the deceiver trying to blind us behind things, uh, the roaring lion seeking to devour and to destroy, uh, the tempter, you know, and, and when we start to look at culture, I mean, it's tempting. It's you want this. It's, you know, it's the unfortunate adage that sex sells. It's mm-hmm. the look how juicy this hamburger is. It's like so much of our marketing is just temptation overload, you know, and and so much of our uh, the way that we interact with leadership or people that disagree with us is through a version of slander, even mm-hmm. if we try to depersonalize it. And so it's not so much to point the finger at where, see, that's a temptation, see, that's a liar, but to suddenly realize how much we need Jesus right, <laughs> because right, this right. stuff and this evil is everywhere. Um, so, Jeff, what do we <laughs> – for some of us, we're like, wow, that makes a lot of sense. I think some of us, maybe we're getting like, whoa, holy cow, this is maybe more real than I ever realized. What do we do with that? Well, one of the things that the scripture says is that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Mm-hmm. And and I think the the main thing we do is we double down on knowing and loving and understanding the heart and the mind of Christ, mm-hmm. right? So when I am... I, the Bible says that as a Christ follower, at the moment that I accept Jesus as my Savior, I am filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm sealed by the Holy Spirit. I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. And so the Spirit of God as a Christ follower lives within me. And a couple of things he's doing is he's renewing my mind and he's transforming my heart. So he's helping me to see things differently and then he's helping me to long for different things, right? So the closer I walk with God... Uh, the, the closer I, I walk in uh, unity with the Holy Spirit, the more that I see things the way that they are. Mm-hmm. And the less I am uh, tempted and the less I am deceived along the way. Because things things make great sense. You go to a... Um, <laughs> you go to a... Uh, Amway pitch... <laughs> It always makes a lot of sense, and and everybody who leaves there thinks they're going to be a millionaire. Yep. You know, and and you could throw different things into those things. You you go to a car dealer, and you're convinced that you bought the best car that has ever been made, yep. right? And so I watch this in my kids, like when we go and look at cars, because I I make them buy their own car when they become an, uh, when they graduate from high school. And they're like, I want the shiny one. I want the cool one. The guy said, Dad, the guy said. And I'm like, right. So I have wisdom and discernment because I've just been in the game longer. So not until our mechanic sees it. Not until blah, 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 blah. So doubling down on your relationship with God, but not in a defensive way. Like the, It's not that the devil's going to get you, because greater is he that is in you than he is in the world. But he will deceive you. He will tempt you. The devil tempted Jesus, uh-huh. right? So you're going to get that. But that wisdom and that knowledge and that biblical framework is, is absolutely transformational. And when I look at my leadership roles as a husband, as a father— like I have to be able to help my kids think these things through. 
not argue with them or drop a like drop a truth bomb and walk away, but like logically. Yep. Right. So, um, I was talking to one of my kids. You know, they were learned about uh, evolution in school, and they're like, "Dad, you know, did we evolve?" And I'm like, "Well, no, I don't think so." And they're like, "But." but it takes billions and billions of years for oil and diamonds to be made. I'm like, well, there's a, or, or the world was created with maturity. Uh-huh. Adam and Eve weren't a sperm and an egg. And, and the seas and the air were created with the animals in them. And so the earth was created with it in it. Well, nobody had ever thought about that. Uh-huh. Right. And so it, it, it's stuff like that, you know, um, dad, you know, we, sh- we should us all uh, share everything. And why do some people have to be richer or poor? Like, well, uh, Jesus says the poor will always be with us. So poverty isn't a problem we're going to solve. The poor are people that we care for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and right. that's not that this person or this family will always be poor. Right. It's that poverty will always exist. Right, so so this idea, like, let's come up with this grand, so like like the war on poverty, which was uh, uh, Lyndon Johnson's big thing. I'm like, that's never going to work. Mm-hmm. Because the, the, there's going to be another set of folks who are poor. Right, so it's just, it's things like that. Like, I can, I can go to the Bible, and I can go to a current issue, I'm like, well, let's trust what God says, Uh and then let's think about how we operate within what God says, or maybe why that idea will never really play out. Uh You know, the the heart of man is deceitful and wicked and completely self-centered. Yep. I I remember growing up, uh, my dad was a mechanic, and... uh, he was very pro uh, GM uh, <laughs> and very anti Ford. Okay, and so if someone walked up to me <clears throat> and said, "Hey, uh, I just saw your dad down the street. He's, you know, he's buying a new Ford truck." I'm like, "You didn't see my dad." Yeah. Like, no, it was your dad. He like, no, I. You might have saw someone that looks like my dad. You might have thought he was buying a yeah. Ford truck. I guarantee you he's not buying a Ford truck right now. Yeah. Well, how would you know that? Because I know my dad. Yep, that's right. And so, like, you said something uh, just a couple of seconds ago, like, if you know what God would say, what does God say about this? Well, the only way that you can know about that in real time, when you're tempted, when something comes down that you don't necessarily feel quite right, well, that seems like a good idea. And I, man, this teacher explained it this way. If you don't spend that time with your Heavenly Father... You're like, well, I guess he bought a Ford truck. Yeah, because yeah, the, because it makes sense at that moment. Yeah, because it, but you have you have to know their heart and their mind, right? And that that's my dad was like that. I you know my dad lived till he was seventy one years old. I never once ever heard my father use profanity. Wow. So if somebody would come up to me like your dad cussed me out, I'm like, no, he didn't. <laughs> like he, he just didn't. He yep. didn't. I've I've seen him sick and pain never once ever my whole life. Wow, right? So I I love your illustration. Like you know your father, so this can't be this. Now mm-hmm. it doesn't mean you didn't see a guy buy a Ford. It doesn't mean that you didn't hear a curse word. But let's let's 
go back to the father, what's the logic or the deception that that you think of there? Mm-hmm. You know, so for instance, um, why does God hate gay people? <laughs> well, God is love; He doesn't hate anybody. Well, he hates gay people. No, he doesn't. He doesn't hate anybody. You don't know my father. That's Uh not who he is. So what are you actually asking, or what are you actually experiencing, or how do we actually work this through, right? And you could throw a thousand different things in there, but but the, like, you start with, you know, how, how can a loving God send people to hell? Well, God is just, so nobody's ever going to go to hell that doesn't deserve to go to hell. Mm-hmm. Nobody. Because God is completely just. So that's that's actually, in light of who my father is, that's a completely illogical question and illogical conclusion. Yeah. Right? Yep. So, and, and you got to steer people back and forth. But if, if you don't know that, <coughs> right, if you don't understand that, you know, and, and if they... Um, if like with your dad in the Ford, if they had a picture of your dad, you'd be like, "Well, something else is happening here." Right. You talk to your dad, he's like, "No, I was working on the stupid Ford." Yeah, you it know? always needs fixed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know. So you saw my dad near a Ford, but you didn't see what you think. But you have to know your father, and yep. you have to know his heart and mind. Yeah, I I love that. It's um, it's the be- the best thing about that is if you're listening to this and if that sounds overwhelming you're like I'm no bible scholar I I don't know all this the beauty of it is we have access to so many resources that you can listen to uh break down have taught to you the bible you have tons of different translations to read and as Jeff mentioned before greater is he that is in you than he is in the world if you're following Christ you have the Holy Spirit in you to help you navigate this. And that is the greatest resource, the Holy Spirit. So what the Holy Spirit will do a lot, you guys ever watch a football game and you listen to the commentators, they'll say flag down. And then the refs huddle and they figure out what the flag was, right? So the Holy Spirit will will throw flags for us, (laughs) right? And you may not know the answer. It might just feel, you might just be like, that does not feel right to me, right? Mm -hmm. That... Don't discount that. That's the Holy Spirit. Well, then you go and you look it up or you ask one of your pastors or, you know, something like that. You don't, you don't have to be a Bible scholar. Right. But when that doesn't feel right or you don't feel uh, uh, a peace mm-hmm. for the believer, like we need to pay attention to that because the Holy Spirit is trying to protect us or help us or guide us through something. That's great. Well, thanks, Jeff, for helping us get into this today. Uh, this this concept and acting force, this person of evil. It is at work in our culture. It is at work mm-hmm. in our life. And how, how do we see it? How do we navigate it? And how do we uh, combat it with the Lord at the helm? It's wonderful. Well, thanks for jumping on to us today. If you have questions that you'd like to be addressed on Mixed Messages with Jeff Bogue, you can submit those at bath.gracechurches.org slash mixed messages. And of course, if we can help you take any steps in your faith journey, we would love to have you do that. Reach out to us through that form. You can always connect with our team on social media. We'd love to do it. Make sure you subscribe, follow us, hit us up with a message. And of course, if you're around town any given weekend, 
weekend, you can join us in person at Grace Church, uh, or you can follow us online and engage us on the weekends there as well. Thanks for jumping in with us today as we continue to see God's voice in all of these mixed messages around us. We'll see you next time. 